parameters. Player code established. Welcome to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing post-playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. It's Universal Spooky Day, the day where it's culturally appropriate to be a metalhead. Any other day, though, you're just going through something. On tonight's special Halloween edition of the show, we go on a journey through the most epic Canadian symphonic death metal album of 2022, Dawn of the Shaded World. Blood of Indigo's Alex Interami and Nathan Gross will join us for that. Plus, Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise comes back once again to look forward at the final quarter before for ringing in the new year. No Metal News recap this time out, simply because the news this week wasn't spooky enough. Yes, I am in fact that petty, what up? But coming up in a few short moments, a project I've wanted to talk about for so long, but they're only around one day out of the year, plus a special request from one of you. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The show begins and we celebrate the Day of Spooks with a great amount of music. This segment is unfortunately going to be a bit shorter than usual. We only have two albums this time out. But I promise you that has nothing to do with not loving you. I just like getting drunk while writing and forgot to grab the other two. Oops. But that's okay because of one simple reason. It's spooky time. It's the 1st of October. First of all, it's the 31st of October right now, but the 1st of October did pass, and we did get a new album from this group, Chaos. Now, if you are not aware of who 1st of October is, I need to really tell you about this in order for all of this to make sense. You see, 1st of October is a one-day-a-year band put together by music YouTubers Rob Scallon and Andrew Wong. These two have a project, 1st of October. Every 1st of October, well, except for 2022, rip, the two get together in to the studio with nothing written. No lyrics, no notes, not a goddamn thing is written about any album that they have to put together. Which means that once they get into the studio, they have 12 hours to write and record 10 songs. They have to have it written and recorded by the end of the day. Whatever they come up with, that becomes the album. Now, one of the things about this project that kind of bums me out a bit uh, in terms of whether or not I can cover these guys is that the first couple of years, they kind of shied away from doing anything particularly heavy. They never really went into the metal world. And with Rob Skellen in the project, that is kind of disappointing. Most of the time, it was like rock, alt rock, maybe a bit of punk, which made sense given what these guys are mostly known for. But last year, they did bring in a bit more metal in terms of Bookmobile and I'm Not Afraid. Yes, it's one of those kinds of albums. Uh, but aside from that, not a whole lot of metal. This year, though, it's spooky time. We got a lot more metal this time out on this album. Ten tracks, uh, at least half of them are Halloween-oriented or at least metal-adjacent. And it is mwah, beautiful to listen to in that regard. What are we looking at exactly? Well. Much like the previous years, this is 
utter nonsense, but also at the same time, which is kind of new this year, it is the ultimate Halloween album. From songs like Spooky Time, Headless, Jangly Bones, and It's Halloween, they are right in the season of spooks and right on time for the holidays. Well, the special holidays, not the one that comes at the end of the year that really nobody cares about. I mean, let's be honest. Are you watching the show because you care about that holiday? No. So, but of course, you know, it can't all be heavy. And that's where songs like Good Enough, Lonely Angel, and the epic closing track of Find the Way tone things down a bit in terms of the heaviness, but still bring on a bit of vibe and atmosphere that is worth latching on to. And of course, we cannot forget about the ballad-esque song, well, the straight ballad song, actually, of Love to Say I Love You, which is a straight tearjerker, as it's a song about Andrew's daughter. It's Miracle Part 2, ladies and gentlemen, and holy shit, we cannot stop crying. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, we, this album, of course, because of the nature of how it is put together, we can't go without a little bit of hilarity. And in that regard, we get songs like I Left My Pants in Chicago, which is a straight country track. I think what I like most about that song, though, is mostly because, like, I'm not a country fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it's so abruptly country that you almost can't help but laugh. And on top of that, it's obviously a joke, plus the transition from It's Halloween is just perfect. I left my pants in Chicago. It's absurdly hilarious when you hear that. I will say, though, one thing about this album, you know, it's a great 10 songs, a short 20-minute album. It's full of great moments, full of hilarious moments, and full of just chaos, hence the album name. But there are some points that I, you know, I feel like they're more nitpicky, but I do feel like I should bring them up at least. One thing, um, Rob's vocals. I gotta tell you, I'm not a big fan of Rob's singing voice on this album. Now, to be fair, he is actually not a bad singer at all, he's untrained more than anything, but he's also kind of got a more like soft-spoken kind of quiet little voice that's more suited towards say uh, folk or uh, something more acoustic or atmospheric or ambient. Not on the heaviest song on this album, it's Halloween. And I feel like him doing the vocals, the entirety of the vocals, it doesn't hit home as well. That song is straight up calling for a more powerful voice or a, or a choir of some kind. You guys, can you imagine a choir for it's Halloween? Oh my God. But on top of that, I one of the things that I feel is kind of contradictory to that, but still a good point to make, this more or less became Andrew Wong, the singing album. I don't know if they were intending to, but I feel like Rob Scallon kind of held himself back on this album when it came to singing duties, which made no real sense given that the past couple albums had him featured a whole lot more in terms of singing. But this year he wanted Andrew to sing a whole lot more on this album, which I gotta get why Andrew is a better singer and definitely has a more powerful voice and can do some great metal screams as well as we saw in Spooky Time. But in terms of the division of vocal duties, it seems very slanted here. And I think that's one of the downfalls of this particular album compared to previous years. Yes, I understand Andrew is a better singer, but we don't really go to 1st of October just for Andrew Huang. You know what I'm saying? It makes no sense to me. But at the same time, stuff like this, 
I really cannot criticize the same way I do other albums. Here's the thing, I cannot critique this album the same way I would, say, a Slipknot album, or an Arch Enemy album, or even a Machine Head album, for the simple fact that those albums were more or like those bands put out albums with the intent of making something beautiful, with the intent of making something amazing and pleasing the audience and pleasing themselves as artists. Here, it's more like two dudes going to the studio to fuck off. Like, this, this is one of those albums where there's no real sense of, like, we're going to make the best album we can. No, we're going to goof off in the studio. As a result, I can't really critique this the same way. So while many of the critiques I have about this album, they are in many ways legitimate, they don't really, at the same time, matter in terms of this album. It's still, as a result, a great album. It's, you know, got a lot of sore spots as a result of the nature of how it's put together, but at the same time, you can't really go wrong. With 20 minutes, it's not a cohesive album, it jumps all over the place, but because it's so short, it also is easily forgiven, and it's a spooky good time at the end of the day. So with a 13 out of 15, go check it out and enjoy the spooks. So this song was more of a request from one of you. And now this is Witcher Lelikarang. I cannot pronounce that. I am so sorry if I mispronounced that. But this song was a request by the band. It is a melodic black metal project, though not meant to be for spooky time instead. Uh, but still, a request comes in. You gotta take a look at it. And I gotta tell you one thing that I truly appreciate about this album is that it is very much a melodic black metal album. This isn't the kind of thing that is true cult in any way. This is the kind of black metal that you know is going to have something to latch on to the entire time. It's going to create a sense of melody. It's going to have nice motifs to, that you can hold on to and be able to come back to and latch on to throughout each song. And thankfully with this album, that definitely is the case. Each song is not necessarily a riff salad. They are long songs, but you're not going to just throw in a bunch of random riffs and call it a day. These are actually meticulously put together in a proper way, in a way that makes sense for the for the project that is at hand. And I gotta tell you, uh, one thing I really enjoy as well, it, yes, there are the typical black metal vocals, but I do appreciate the great use of the female vocals in some areas. You can hear the, the female vocalist, I don't know who she is, but you can hear her come in every once in a while, and it is very much appreciated. Uh, one thing I will say as well, it is a slow to mid-tempo kind of album. There's no fast-paced kind of spinning your hair like a fucking windmill in a hurricane moments. This is very much almost like Doom-esque. No, not that Doom. Jesus Christ, never that. It's not that Doom. When I'm saying Doom on this channel, on this podcast, it's never that kind of Doom. Although I do appreciate that kind of Doom. Seriously, good stuff. But I more mean like kind of doom metal, slow, plotting, larger-than-life kind of doom metal, and it's, as a result as well, way more atmospheric than it is intense. As a result, though, because of that kind of atmospheric thing, one of the downfalls of that is that the drums kind of get pushed to the back in the mix. These drums especially kind of felt like they were playing down the hall, which is... it's okay, I guess, you can still kind of hear it, but it doesn't feel like it's part of the group. And as a result, it doesn't mesh as well. It's still there, but it. I feel like if you pushed it a bit further to the front, 
or heck, even made it part of the group, it would have sounded much better. On top of that, I do, because some of these songs are longer, some sections with the motif, even they, even if they do are, even if they are cohesive, they do repeat themselves more than they really should. A lot of these songs are calling for some kind of change, at least in the textures. Like if you're gonna go full Opeth and repeat certain sections four times, do what they do at least and change things up as you're repeating it. They don't straight repeat it over and over again. They change a couple things up to create a sense of change and progression, which I feel like this album desperately needed. But on top of that, it's still really good. I enjoyed my time with this one. It kind of reminds me a bit of, say, Insomnium. It's got a bit of Insomnium vibes, very much similar to what they've got going on over there. So if you like Insomnium, You'll probably like this one. It's a bit more blackened than I think Insomnium is, but that's not going to take away from the fact that this is still a great uh, sounding Insomnium-esque album. Maybe a bit of Winter Sun is thrown there, but whoa, whoa, let's not go there. No Winter Sun. Atavistia has already got the market cornered on Winter Sun sounding music. Let's try to stick with Insomnium. Corner the market there. It's just going to be better for everybody that way. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Atavistia. I love you guys. Anyways, so... Seriously, this album is not too bad. It's not bad at all. Great talent on display here. I wish it kind of moved along a bit more, didn't repeat itself as much, or at least changed things up a bit more. But given the style, I don't think I have too much to complain about here. A solid 13 out of 15. If you really want to check out some atmospheric blackened, uh, melodic blackened, black metal, black metal, metal, black, I can't speak. <laughs> Go check it out for yourself. It's worth checking out. And that's it for review. Send your emails to McKay at themetalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. Coming up, we'll do a breakdown of the rest of the fourth quarter for 2022 all the way up to the new year. But first, we'll find ourselves in the dawn of the shaded world with Blood of Indigo right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Let's open the gates, for Astaroth has risen, and the demon has gone core. Wait, the story is the demon has gone core? I don't get it. Just wait for the drop. What the fuck? From the ashes of ascendance, Astaroth is born again. Enter the world of Sam Astaroth with his new song, Demon Core. Available on all streaming. This video available on YouTube. Links in the podcast description. Looking to stay up to date on all things Metal Robot? No, not really. What? Why? I don't listen to metal. How are you listening to this podcast? I thought it was Joe Rogan. We're going to pretend he didn't say that. Follow the show wherever you tread on social media. Facebook and Twitter. At The Metal Robot. Instagram. At The Dot Metal Robot. You can even join the Metal Robot Discord server. We have fun there. Links to all of that and more in the description of this podcast. Follow now. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back to the Metal Robot Podcast. Let's keep the show going with some heavy fucking orchestral epicness from the Great White North. You see, we're not just Nickelback and Igloo memes. You, you figure that out pretty quickly. Get fucked, America. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Blood of Indigo just released their new album, 
Dawn of the Shaded World, late August of this year. You can find my review of the new album on episode 34 of this podcast. But to talk more about it, give some insight into the album's compositions, writing, and how they're not writing stuff for video games and movies, Blood of Indigo joins me right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome to the show. We've got Nathan and we've got Alex. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Hell yeah, we're doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing great. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. So what I like to do is I like to uh, start off these shows by giving the uh, guests the chance to introduce themselves in their own unique way. So why don't we start by telling the beautiful listeners who the hell the Spawn of Indigo is? (laughs) Well, the Spawn of Indigo. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll go first. My name is Alex Centerami, and I am the lead vocalist of Blood of Indigo, and we are the Dark Fantasy Metal World Tag Team Champions. I just happen to be one-third of them. And my tag team partner is joining me tonight, today, because it's Canada and we're in an Eastern Daylight Time Zone. Sorry, everybody in Australia. I know it's like three in the morning right now for you. Uh, But, (laughs) Nathan, how's it going, bro? It's going good, bro. Um, Yeah, thanks for having us, Tom. So I am the orchestrator and pianist for Blood of Indigo. I also do keyboards as well. Um, And I'm also involved on the production and mixing side of things. And uh, yeah, um, I'm just glad the album's finally here. (laughs) And and we're glad it's here too. One thing that's uh, of note here, we are missing our uh, guitar player and drum programmer, uh, Mr. Suppose. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, so I do apologize. Uh, I'm guessing he's, uh, like you said it before we went on, he's, at work right now, right? Yeah, he's at work today. He uh, just had a two-week vacation, and you know now he's back at work. I mean, the timing isn't so great because we would have loved to have him here for the podcast. It would have been like a big pizza and coffee party, which is kind of like what we would do a lot of the times when we were mixing the album and recording. We would get together at Mario's house. His, his name is pronounced Mariusz uh, for his Polish background, but uh, we call him Mario because he's Super Mario. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he's got some super guitar playing skills. Uh, so um, we were really hoping he could come by. But yeah, he's uh, he's working a 10 hour shift as he normally does. And uh, <laughs> but he, he works extra hard and uh, he's here with us in spirit today. He's here with us in spirit. That's the only way to do it. And yeah, he's missing on the good times, unfortunately. But that's OK, because we're going to go straight into Blood of Indigo. Uh, your influences range from a wide range of places. Uh, musically, we're talking like Dimu Borgir to Nightwish and even Dream Theater. Even with such a diverse range, though, there's bound to be some favorites that do come out. Do you find yourself in the writing process leaning toward one influence or the other? Um, well, I guess it depends on where you approach each song because we approach every song very differently. And I think that it sort of begins with one of us kind of putting something out there, whether it be uh, Nathan starting out with like this really super epic orchestral idea as either an introduction or just as a concept. And sometimes even Nathan can put together an entire song idea, which is incredible because he'll just kind of come at us and be like, here, I have like some guitar ideas, drums, bass, even orchestra, everything kind of already there at once. Um, and then Mario can also do the same thing as well, too. He comes at it from more of a guitarist approach or even just like a composer's approach as well, um, which is amazing because Mario and Nathan are so talented at taking that approach from the instrumental uh, standpoint where they'll just kind of start with very fundamental ideas, whether it be guitars or whether it be orchestra, whether it be any sort of song structure coming at it from any direction. And then from there, it, it can 
turn into really anything. And then sometimes even I come in with an idea and I'll say, well, because Blood of Indigo is kind of layered like like layers to a cake where you have the story elements, you have the instrumentation, you have the lyrics, which are kind of like there are like multiple meanings to that already. And then you have us as people. You know, there are so many things that you have to consider that go into what makes the entire song which makes the entire album. So it's kind of like layers upon layers. I feel like we're like in the movie Inception. Um, but like, uh, yeah, like sometimes I'll come in and be like, hey guys, like let's write a song about like a giant monster that lives in the desert. And then that was kind of like where Sphinx kind of came from, which was like, just let's start off with, a, with, with, with an idea with some music. And like typically like it would either start with the music or it would start with a story. So it's either like, Hey guys, I want to write a story about a desert monster or a guy who wants to marry a corpse, corpse bride, <laughs> uh, you know, something like that. Or it'll be like one of those guys coming at you with like some really cool instrumentals. And I'll be like, this kind of sounds like this. And that's where the lyrics come in. So all of us kind of have our own way with like going in with something. It's always like somebody goes in with something and then we kind of just start layering things on top of that and yeah. building on each other's ideas, which is why it's such a, Great idea. Yeah, like either um either like Marius will start the idea. Usually he'll start with kind of like the foundation a lot of the time. I mean, at least for at least for this record, I think he started a lot of the songs with the foundation. So like he'll do the, you know, drums, he'll do the guitar, and then the bass usually follows the guitar. So he'll just approach it from okay, I'm gonna write the drums and then I'm gonna write the guitar part. And then I'm expecting to have like a bunch of other stuff over this. So he kind of like you know, keeps that in mind when making foundation, but like, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it'll either start with, uh, uh, Mario or it'll sometimes start with me. Like, uh, for example, when I did Jade, my, and her quiet place, um, I wanted to, you know, include like an improvisational piece. So, uh, that's where that came from, but, but yeah, like it, uh, it either starts with, uh, Marius or, or it'll start with me or it'll start with Alex. Like, Alex is very good at uh, inspiring ideas in us uh, with his lyrics. Um, yeah, kind of like how we uh, did the intro track almost. Because um, um, I was like, I was the one who was mostly in charge with like arranging that, arranging all the ideas, making sure they flowed into one another. But you know, there were times like where I was like, Alex, please inspire some ideas in me. Please help. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember like while we while we were sitting down with that track, which. The funny thing about it being an intro track is that was the last track we worked on because we went yeah. through nine other songs, not really knowing what the introduction was going to be. Because, you know, I, I feel like what kind of like is interesting about this track is that it's 14 minutes of orchestra. It's like a 14 minute long movie score, basically, or like the introduction to like this big video game. And that is where a lot of our influences come from, like video games and movies and, 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 and of course metal as well, because we are a metal band at the end of the day. Um, but I think that this track specifically was like really sitting down with all of the elements already laid out from the entire album and saying, you know, how do we introduce this entire album? And I feel like us as like, as, as, artists we were kind of just like getting a little tired of just like that one minute and 30 second like or orchestral opening with maybe just some lead guitars and stuff like we wanted to do something that was going to be like a big splash like into the big dark fantasy swimming pool and uh 
<laughs> it was like we wanted to start off big with like um, something that was going to be a little different, a little bit innovative and something that was going to push boundaries a little because I feel like this is kind of like what we wanted to do. We, we really wanted to come into this with like something that was going to take this album to that was going to make this album really memorable. That was going to make this album something that would be special. And being our first album, it's like, you know, here's an opportunity here for us to do something kind of crazy. And, you know, whether it's positive or negative feedback, it's like, who cares? As long as you're doing what's authentic to you, that's what the most important thing is. And I think that yeah. that's more what we lean towards. Yeah, well, I think you definitely did something great with that 14-minute song. Because that's actually one of the main qu- uh, points that I had in the review was like, that is a bold fucking move to open your debut album with a 14 minute pure orchestral yeah. song. No metal drums, no metal guitars. I couldn't even find those. Not even pig squeals. Just just nope. to show off. No I thought, animals. Yeah, that, that's what. That. <laughs> no animal sounds. I was thinking of getting like the Fisher Price animal sound. Be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, the only thing in there is like you know, sphinx like monster sounds, but other than that, that we're like whales and that's it. Oh, the sad sphinx. <laughs> the, the sad, sad sphinx. That was so funny because like the thing about that 14 minute intro, intro track is that there, there's a couple of things like, because we're so many layers, I feel like we just might as well set up a wedding because there's so many layers to this. Just get a wedding cake and just like put like a thousand different layers on top and call it blood of indigo. But I mean, I think the layer, the layers thing is kind of just an ongoing theme here or like layers to lasagna because I'm Italian. Now you can Photoshop like a, like a chef's hat on top of me now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then just like put like a curly mustache and I go like, I see no eating a pasta. We'll have the silhouette of like a rat in the hat, just like pulling the hairs. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But uh, so uh, what I was going to say was like, um, the thing with this track is that like it does a few things one like if you're impatient then you're not going to get the payoff because a, the, the whole payoff is the rest of the album like it's kind of setting you up for like this big payoff which is every single song it's like a primer right so if we're gonna you know help you escape from your reality we're gonna take you from wherever you are currently sitting at your at your desk or like uh, at the on the at waiting at the bus stop or wherever you are, that 14 minute mimesis track is going to take you from the bus stop, or it's going to take you from your bedroom, or wherever you happen to be listening to this album, or, and it's going to take you to our universe, which is the rest of the song. Which, if you listen to it multiple times, like you're, it, it gets better each time because you know all of the hard work that Nathan put into with like these little tiny little things, like and and these things that we really sat down and really hashed out, like. Like the the wind up toy box, the 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 like the ballerina box, you know, like that like yeah mm-hmm. sound like the the wind up toy that comes back in the hunter's nightmare later on after you heard that in mimesis, and there are so many different and and there's a motif of every single song in in that song, so you're gonna kind of be able to sort through it and listen to the other tracks and see you know, what treasures you can find with each listening experience. Yeah, I did notice that as I was listening through is like, I heard this somewhere before. I heard this somewhere before. I heard this somewhere. Oh, go back to the intro. Oh, that's yeah. where it came from. That yeah. makes a lot yeah. more sense. It's, it's, it's like the glossary in the science textbook in elementary school. You're like, oh, that's where it is. Bold of you to assume I read that thing. Uh- <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Bold of you to assume I was good in school. So, but yeah, you were talking about a second ago, uh, like there was like 
not just music influences, a lot of video game influences. What aspect of video games do you enjoy that inspires the music of Blood of Indigo? I would say a whole lot. And I think that we all kind of approach that from a different place. And I think that's why we work so well, because like, um, I, I think that when, when we start out with things like the song structure, that's like Mario and Nathan's wheelhouse. Like I'm not always the most knowledgeable in music theory or like song structure. I'm more just like, I have a cool idea for a story or I have an idea for the feel of the song. Like, like something like, like, like a song, for example, like I would say like a song like Corpse Bride, I'll use that. An that that's a full on like horror feel, which was inspired by, um, well, a few things, but like mainly the, the video on the video game aspect, Dark Souls three, there is a side quest where you have to marry a corpse. And this corpse was your friend who was with you on your journey. And I thought that was so dark and spooky and like so cool at that time when we were writing that song. And like this was when Mario was kind of structuring the guitars and the drums and, 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 and the uh, and, and the bass kind of just like the, the, the foundation of that song. And I was like, there's something about this song that feels unsettling. There's like something very like uh, something very eerie about this. And then I, I think we were sitting down in like one of our meetings and I was like, why don't we make a song like about like a guy who marries a corpse? And Mario and Nathan were just like, fantastic idea. Let's run with it. So then that was when Nathan brought in those horror elements and those really spooky sounds like there, I remember we were talking about like taking influence from Friday the 13th part two, because like there is this really squealy kind of like weird string sound. I, I think it's a string sound. I'm not sure, which is like uh it's like a, are we talking about the uh, introduction? Yeah. 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 Like, so I, um, I think, I think this was after uh, like we decided that the song was going to be about, you know, the course rides. Um, I was, and then I heard like the riff and I'm like wondering, hmm, this, there could be like some sort of ambient introduction to this. So I, you know, I just went on my core chronos, saw if there was like any sounds that were like, like eerie or just kind of like reminisce that sort of like uh, sort of feeling I was looking for. And I kind of just like weave them together in ways and kind of like panned all the elements around and so forth. And, and yeah, even found that uh, what what you call it, the squealy sound, <laughs> the yeah. squealy sound. That that sound also comes in. Uh, th there's there's a couple of different moments throughout the album where there's like that horror influence because it's kind of like this. Yeah, it, it has the fantasy with the horror uh, mm. kind of feel that's kind of taking you throughout this. That's kind of driving the energy in this album, and um, even in like Corpse Bride to take us back into that intro again, which we were just talking about, like the, that dun, 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 yeah. has like this very, like somebody is chasing you feeling. And it, yeah. it all brings me back to that. Yeah. Like I wanted to kind of take like that little theme that Mario was coming up with on the guitar and like, Hey, how can I sort of put this in the intro? Just like in like a subtle sort of fashion. And we just ended up, over while I was like, yeah, I like how this echoes what's going to happen next and, you know, kind of build the sound effects almost around that like theme that's just about to happen. And yeah, that's always fun to do. <laughs> and to just kind of like answer your question, Tom, with like how like video games kind of like takes like kind of drives the energy of the music. Oh yeah, that was the question. Yes, that was the question. <laughs> we kind of went off track a little bit because there's, there's like it's back to the layers of the cake. There's just so much to dive into that. Like sometimes Absolutely, we end yeah. up meeting 
we end up eating the ice cream and forget that we have a whole lot more cake to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> the, 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 mo- the more we get, the better, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm getting a lot of great insight into the into your entire writing process. Uh, but yeah, to answer the question, video games, how's that go? Yeah. So <laughs> in terms of how video games influences everything, I think like we're all like really into RPG video games like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Elden Ring, uh, like that whole sort of library of from software video games and legend of Zelda and all these like games that kind of bring you into an immersive world. And we're really into things like boss battles and things like really cool atmospheres, like dark and beautiful, the, the dark and the majestic kind of being married. Um, that's like kind of like our favorite thing to work with. And I think that video games as just a feeling what video games did for me in my childhood. And even me as an adult now, I love video games and I still love to play them just to get inspiration for like art and telling new stories and working with uh, even the band guys and just putting together a cool song, you know, in terms of how video games inspires us is really just the idea of escapism and taking you to another world, becoming somebody different and living in their shoes and even being yourself and bringing yourself into that experience too. Cause that's what like a lot of these RPG games allow you to do. They allow you to bring yourself into the game and what you would do in this situation, because you can make your own build, you can fight your own way and you can, kind of make your own experience. And that's what we want our listeners to do too with our music is yes, there is a story there for you to find. And there is lots of things you can dive into and there's tons of rabbit holes and little things that you can look at and you can start dissecting it like a frog. And that's kind of the goal. And, you know, the grand scheme of this project is we start out very zoomed in on Donald the Shaded World. And with every album, we're going to zoom out more and more and more. So you see more of the world, you see more of what things mean in certain places, and you can tie it all back together. And the cool thing about that is you can make it mean whatever you want, too, because similar to how Dark Souls makes their games, you know, there is lore for you to discover. If you don't want to go into it, you don't have to. You can enjoy the game at face value, just like with us. You can enjoy the music at face value. But if you want to go deeper, you can look into all the little things that we've put there and see what our intention was to give you as an experience and that's kind of what video games do for us too it's the same thing like you can play a game you can enjoy it or you can go deeper down the rabbit hole and explore new things and i think that's definitely something that uh that this album definitely gives you the ability to do which dawn of the shaded world we've been talking about it this entire time but i want to really get into the entire album itself and how it was all put together all 69 minutes of music Nice. So how, how long did this take to really put together? Um, well, from when we started, like we started in like May of 2017 and every, and I, and I think that the beginning process is it takes the longest because you're deciding every little thing, things that you wouldn't even like think about, even just as like a fan enjoying music, you just be like, you know, this is, this is music and this is what it is. How long does it take us? How long does it take to make a song? Well, that's a different answer for a band who's been doing it for for a long time who knows what their what their identity is who knows what their logos look like what the font of the logo is going to look like what the inside of the booklet is going to be what the color of the character's armor is going to be is it going to be silver is he going to be a gold knight is he going to be a black knight you know like there's so many little things is the character going to be wearing a Victorian dress or a wedding dress is, you know, all these little things that go into like the lore side of things is one thing. Then you have the music aspect of it, which is 
first we have to decide what genre of music we're going to be. Is it going to be symphonic metal? Is it going to be symphonic black metal, symphonic death metal, both? You know, are we going to be inspired by this game, that game? Are we going to stick to one feel, a bunch of feels? Because in the very beginning, it was just me and Mario. And we didn't really know what was going to happen at the very beginning. We just kind of got together and hung out. And it was just him and his guitar in his home studio. And me as a new vocalist, kind of just like off of a few months of vocal lessons, taking clean vocals and teaching myself how to growl. And even also, I have to give credit to Melissa Cross as well, because I watched a lot of her DVDs. And, um, and, and I have to give credit to Angela Gosso as well, because she's been an amazing influence to me. Um, and, you know, there, there are so many things that kind of come together when you're considering how long something takes in terms of like the process, because everything takes very long in the very beginning when you're trying to decide what all of it is going to be, what exactly the direction you're going to take is going to be and the little details that go in everything. And then of course you get into the business side of things, which is another rabbit hole of things where you, you know, you're, you're becoming incorporated, you're starting your own record label, you're figuring out what your shop is going to look like and your website's going to look like, but that's all piggybacking off of the things like what color is the nice armor going to be like, what, who is the main character going to be? What are the names of the songs going to be like, what is a basic idea of what story is happening right now? And on top of that, symphonic metal being the hardest thing to mix and master ever, you, you're, you're doing that on top of a pandemic happening too. So you then have to change your entire strategy from meeting together in person where, you know, Nathan lives two hours away from me and Mario. Mario lives about 45 minutes from me. So I'm in Vaughn. He's in Mississauga. Nathan's in London. So Ontario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a two-hour drive to, from Vaughn to London, England? Is that possible? <laughs> well, I guess if you're flying a plane, maybe, but like even that, even then, you gotta get like some sort of like what <laughs> some, like, or re, like some teleportation. Yes, yeah, so like fantasy fantasy teleportation thing, like something straight out of fucking Bloodborne or something, or Lord yeah, of the Rings. I don't know. Like Bloodborne would be like we'd have to like go to like one of those tombstones and press the X button three times so then we can wait like 20 seconds on a loading <laughs> screen. And that's faster than two hours. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, we made it work for a very long time, and then like, that was when the pandemic happened, and then, and then that was when we really had to regroup and start innovating, and we had to say, okay, well, we can't get together in person right now as often, so what can we do in order to make this work? And then that was when we got onto audio movers and we started doing continuing the mixing and mastering process along with writing the Mises, um, all virtually. And that was when things really started, uh, you know, moving faster, as a matter of fact. So we ended up finding that, like, having a mix yeah. between meeting in person and doing some of the other things online actually sp sped up a lot of the process. So things went from moving at a, you know, things get done every month process to things can get done in a week. So that was when we cut down a lot of that time, like in, in near the end process with like the mixing and mastering, because we probably would have taken another two years based on like just what was going on in the world and like, you know, work schedules and like figuring things out. So we ended up making it work and we ended up finding a way that really worked for everybody really well. And that was when we were able to finish the album at the end of 2021 and then plan the launch for summer 2022. So album is out now. 
and we're really proud of it. All right, we're going to stop right there for now. There's so much juice that I can't wait to show you, but we're going to have to save that for next week. So if you want to hear the band talk the future of the concepts introduced in this album, and also how significant it was to have Lindsay Schoolcraft on the title track, there's a reason for that, trust me. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss that. Dawn of the Shaded World is out now. Go check it out on all streaming platforms. And as well, go check out the band's website and shop for merch and physical copies. I'm not even kidding here. If you think the album sounds awesome on digital, you're going to love how it sounds blasting in your car speakers. Holy shit. Don't go away, Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise returns to the pit to take a look at what's looking good for this final quarter of 2022 on the Metal Robot Podcast. 15 plus artists, multiple cultures, multiple languages, one almost unpronounceable name. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homiusius. How? There's 20 O's! It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homiusius, a symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sake! <laughs> Well, we can't stop a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by all means. <laughs> MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Metal Robot Podcast. We are recording right now as of October 4th, the first month of the final quarter of 2022. Three months to go before we ring in the new year, which means there's another three months of music to enjoy and possibly hate as well. But what are we most looking forward to? What is coming up in those final three months? What are we least excited for? Lots to discuss here on the first show of October, and to talk about all of this, I'm joined for the first time, by Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise in person. Colin, how you doing? I'm great, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, like we've been doing this uh, remotely like every single time, but now yeah. you're actually in the studio right now. I... You're actually in person. How's that? How's that feeling, man? It's good to be back in the studio, man. <laughs> good to be great. back. It's so good to be back. So. I'll be honest with you. It's weird that I can actually kick you and actually not have to worry about falling into my computer yeah, exactly. when I'm talking to you. Like, it's weird that we're back in person, like, hanging out. Like, this is the first time we've hung out since last year. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been so fucking long. I mean, I COVID and everything and all yeah. that. Yeah. I like how you're already swearing and I'm still using the radio filter. True. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so everyone knows... Thrasher's Paradise is back live in studios every Tuesday from 9 to midnight on Indie 1015. Mm -hmm. Make sure to tune in, check out the show. On October 18th, we can confirm St. Catherine's Eaten by Sharks will be joining us live in studio. We're going to talk, hang out, and we're going to have a great time. It should be a lot of fun. Make sure to tune in October 18th from 9 to midnight on Indie 1015. But Tom, right now, we're talking about something very important. We're talking about metal music. So Tom, 
Sorry for hijacking your podcast. No, that's good. Hey, you know what? I, it's good to get that out of the way because, yeah, uh, like the show's coming back. And you know what? The show, it's been so fucking long since we've had the show. And I love the fact that, yeah, you're still using the radio filter. That's just showing like where everyone's been going, <laughs> what, what we've all been doing. Like you've been focusing on the radio show. Yeah. And I've been doing the podcast that has no rating whatsoever. So I've been just. I mean, that's not a bad thing, though. Because <laughs> no, you of course not. Range, you can say whatever you want within reason. Mm-hmm. You don't get ridiculed within reason. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like you're saying anything horrible, like awful on here. No, of course not. Of course not. Totally not. Mm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I listened, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least you're honest. At least you're honest. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're here to talk about, we're take, taking a look forward. We're, we're kind of the sports commentary people of the metal scene right now, looking forward to what we're expecting coming up this the rest of this year in the final three months. Okay. It's been a good, what, what have we seen so far that uh, we've really enjoyed from the first three quarters? Honestly, I'll be honest with you. This year for me has felt like I haven't noticed a lot of the newer albums that have come out. I haven't mm-hmm. noticed like a lot of newer bands that have come out this year. Like, it feels very much like an off year for met in my eyes for metal. Cause you're not hearing a lot of here's what's come out. Here's what's new. I think because of how heavy pack 2021 was with mm. all those releases this year's kind of the, okay, we're going to get back more into the groove of how metal really is. And it's, we release it when we release it. Not okay here, 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 here. We're not rushing anymore to get it out. So we're still relevant, but in all honesty for me, um, recently I've listened to three amazing albums that have come out this year. Um, the first one I do want to talk about is by Germany's electric callboy and their mm. song tech and their album techno. Um, I didn't realize they were coming out with an album this year. No, you didn't know. huh? No. Well, okay. So how I found out of electric callboy is I was on my TV the one day playing YouTube videos. I'm cleaning up my room, just doing stuff to keep busy, listening to watching YouTube music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Iron Maiden song, um, Writings on the Wall. Mm-hmm. Brilliant song. And uh, Pump It came up. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what the? Because I'm watching this video. It's like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? And then I'm listening to it. And it's like, why is this good, though? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's party core. It's party core. It's party core. It's basically... Six German guys decided, let's take techno and put it with metalcore. And it actually sounds like music you could dance to in a club. That album was very good at listening to the whole thing. Um, This un- this amazing hardcore band that I discovered on Sirius XM Liquid Metal recently that really blew me away. It, it reminded me of Knocked Loose, but a bit better. I really enjoyed it. They are, they are called... Uh, male violence, male violence, male violence, and their mm-hmm. album, malicious intent, mm-hmm. very strong, very good. And then this other one is I really like this band's name. I think it's a really cool band name. They're called Cave In. I think that's cool. It's different. And then their album, Heavy Pendulum. They all came out this year and, you know, those three are really good albums. On the Canadian front, there's Hyperia. Mm -hmm. They released an amazing album in January or February or earlier in the year. Silhouettes of Horror. Mm. Or did it come out last year? (laughs) One of the two, it's called Silhouettes of Horror. 
It's been on your mind at least this year. It, it has been. It's really solid. It's really good. And they do an amazing cover of ABBA. Oh, they fuck. They do Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. And it is truly spectacular. Sorry, everyone. I'm figuring shit out. Yeah. It, it makes you feel any better. Like, I'm still kind of, like, processing the fact that I'm awake right now. Yeah. Because I, oh. <laughs> I, ju- I just woke up basically half an hour ago. I No, Colin arrived, like, 10 minutes before I woke up. And my phone's going off. And he's in the, the lobby. He's going to the elevator. I'm like, ah! So, so you, you think that uh, this year's not been... Uh, as strong or do you think it's still been strong but you just never noticed really when albums come out no it's been i'm not saying that it hasn't been the strong year it's just for me personally i don't know why but i just felt like this year it's been more like quiet on the releasing front right because you know last year there was so much that got released because everyone you know covid everyone's releasing something new Mm mm-hmm so it's like this year, it just felt like it's a calmer year for releases in my eyes. I don't know yeah. if that's the case or not, I, but how do you feel about this year? I think it was definitely, I, I agree with you on that part as well. Cause it was uh, like for, I, maybe it's because I wasn't following too many of the bands on socials, but, and been focusing mostly on the promo list, the PR list I'm on, but I've noticed that a lot of the big major bands that have released stuff this year, it's been barely quiet. I mean, aside from uh, Arch Enemy, which uh, that album I thought was really good. I think Slipknot, of course, which just released their new album last Friday. Oh, they released a new album? Yeah. <laughs> the End So Far is what it's called. Wow. It's really good. I didn't uh, even realize they were releasing a new album. Like, it just popped in my mind now. Amonomarf released something this year. Yeah, I they did. I forgot that. Yeah. And then Ailstorm. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no, I can't forget that because it's. The yeah, no, of course album. you're not. It's no, like, it's the greatest album title of all time. Yeah, exactly. Seventh rum of a seventh rum. Exactly. We were talking about that actually on the podcast yes, at some point. Yes, we were. Yeah, that's how I remembered I'm it. I'm sorry, but that, that, hands down, that is the that is the album title of the year. It year. is the album title of the year, hands down. Like anything else that comes out. Like uh, it's up there with Mauled by a Magical Bear called like. <laughs> oh, chopping ball. I miss those guys. Well, actually, one album that I really, uh, that I remember was looking forward to was uh, Nocturna. Yes, um, they released something this year. This is the debut album. Uh, yes, I Daughters of the Night. Too. Yeah, what did you think of that album? I liked it. I thought it was really I, I good. I thought it was good. No, I see, forgot that album came out this year. It, there's so much that comes out. Uh, so much that came out that I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not helping either. Mm, what's I, that? I haven't been to a show. Jesus Christ, Tom, your hair's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's not leaving my hand. <laughs> Fuck, your hair's it long. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, my, we were talking about this uh, when, we, when we got in. Like, yeah, my hair has gotten so fucking long. It's, it's majestic. Beautiful, it is majestical, beautiful hair, man. <laughs> I shit you not, it is. Hey, your hair's doing pretty good, too. It's, yeah. a, bit, it's a bit shorter than, uh, than usual. Oh, yeah. Well, I cut it back in March. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I think I told you that. I got. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, and um, it's growing. Haven't cut it since. We're getting there. Progress. Progress. Um. So I haven't gone to many shows this year. I think I've gone to two. Mm-hmm. My work schedule's been really shitty for that. Right. Because I've missed all the shows I really wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Like Rivers of Nile was last weekend. Oh. With APOC, and I wanted to go, but I'm working. Oh, with APOC too? Yeah, APOC opened. It was like, oh, shit, I can't go. Oh. Right? That would have been sick to go to. Like, and then the only concert in recent times that I could have gone to mm-hmm. was Eaten by Sharks album release party. But I was in Gatineau that during that. Oh, so it was like fuck. 
Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I'm supposed to go see Maiden on Wednesday mm. at First Ontario Center, which is here in Hamilton, Ontario. So hopefully I can make it to that. I definitely uh, sympathize with you on that one because yeah. about the about everything just like not aligning to go to shows. Yeah. Like there's one show I wanted to go to um, that was uh, that was on <laughs> on my birthday of all days. It was a, a really cool lineup. It was. Uh, in Toronto, Spirit Box, uh, mm. Ghost, you know the one I'm talking about, yeah. I'm so pissed off about that one because I had a wedding to go do that day. Ah, and I, I was, was emceeing, so I had to go to the wedding. Yeah, I was working of, on all day, of all days, my oh. birthday too. Like, see, I'm not even, like, Ghost I've started listening to again. Mm. I love Mastodon and Spirit Box, holy shit, are phenomenal. So I would have loved to go and see that show. Oh, oh man. Bro, I know. I I think it was. It may have been a good show. I don't know though. I haven't heard anything about With it. With those bands, like it had oh, to be yeah. a great show. It had to be a fantastic it had to be show. A fantastic yeah. show. Exactly. Like, yeah. Fuck. We. You know what? <laughs> we we got to work it out where we go to a show. Oh fuck yeah. We have to make it work. Yeah. We have to like. I I I want as much as I want to go see Maiden. If I don't, it's not the end of the world to me because I've seen Maiden. Right. And I have a monomorph at the end of the mm-hmm. year that I'm off. I'm off. My girl knows about it. And it's like, I'm going to see me. I'm going to go see a monomark. My only thing is my buddy asked if I wanted to get a hotel for the night in Toronto. It's like, mm. not really. He's, First, he's planning on getting wasted. Yeah. But for me, I don't really want to spend the night in Toronto in a hotel. Yeah. Those, those hotels can get really expensive too. Well, yeah, not even that. It's just like, I reference just drive home. Mm-hmm. Toronto for me is I don't want to be there for any longer than what I have to be there. Exactly, yeah. Because it's a, it's a, no offense to Toronto, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very messy city. Like, driving-wise, mm-hmm. dealing with people-wise. If you're not from Toronto, you don't like Toronto. Exactly, yeah. Even the people in Toronto don't <laughs> like Toronto. No one likes Toronto. Um, no. And I'm saying this as somebody who's been to Toronto multiple times. It's a beautiful city. Beautiful city. Yeah. But my God, once you actually get inside and you start to actually deal with Toronto itself. Holy shit. It's a less fun experience. Actually, I have a funny story to tell you. I know it's sorry to sidetrack, but you're going to go for it. Go for it. You're going to love this. So um, my mom and stepdad recently went to Detroit for a metal festival. Oh, yeah. Disturbed was the headliner. Mm. So they see these couple bands play, you know, not really impressed with a lot of them. And then she asked me at work because I work with my mom. Sure. And she asked me on one of my lunches or one of my breaks, she just goes, hey, Colin, have you ever heard of In This Moment? I'm like, yeah, why? We saw them live last night. I'm like, oh, what do you think? She goes, are they satanic metal? I'm like, <laughs> no, they're like no. hard rock metal core. She goes, no, they're satanic metal. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, and she go. She's telling my Portuguese, my older Portuguese coworker, this too. Oh no! Because the three of us have lunch breaks together. Mm-hmm. Well, we sit together yeah. usually, and <laughs> she starts going on, and they bring up whore because <laughs> she goes, "These teenage girls are wearing shirts that say whore," <laughs> and then I pipe up, "Oh, that's the most popular song." She goes, "Thank you." <laughs> uh, this and all this, and she's flipping out like 
she went, they went with friends and their friend and the one friend who's a woman, she goes, what the fuck? <laughs> she was really offended with, with in this moment. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, dude, when you don't know, when you never heard of in this moment. Yeah, I know. Like, like, okay, okay. I was, full disclosure, which by the way, they have an EP coming out uh, on the 21st as well. They, oh, so <laughs> like, that kind of perfect like, transition. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of works. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Exactly. But, no, but like, I, I've heard some of their stuff and you know, I, I don't know where this, I, I kind of see where the satanic vibe is coming from, but at the same time, no. They're not satanic. They're cinematic. They're cinematic. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Satanic's like Venom or fucking uh, Behemoth. Behemoth or fucking black metal. Anything with black metal yeah. involved is usually satanic. But yeah, so apart from all, <laughs> go back to the main conversation. <laughs> Quarter four of 2022 for the metal Yes, music let's talk releases. about like, what are we looking at coming up? Uh, so we're also getting a lot of stuff coming up in November as well. Um, okay. Like just on the like on the first couple weeks, uh, like I'm already seeing a couple names I recognize. Uh, Voivod is coming on uh, the fourth wow. with uh, Ultraman EP. Okay. Uh, so, and the eleventh is Epica. Ooh. Yeah, they They're were following up already with an EP, uh, the Alchemy Project. I wow. don't know if that's like a compilation or something or some B sides, but that yeah, they're coming out with uh, an EP on the eleventh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chelsea Grin on eleventh as well with Suffer in Hell. Eh. Yeah, I kind of figured. Um, and Disturbed is doing, uh, is back. You're not excited? No. No. What did you think of the last? We met because of the video I did on the last album. What did you think of the last album? Was the last one Evolution? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> so bad. It was. So bad. Yeah, it hasn't aged that well, I'll be quite honest. Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. Like, I'm not big, like, I enjoy Disturbed, and mm -hmm. then Evolution came out, and it ruined it for me. Yeah. Like, I think, like, back in the day, my biggest problem with the album was more the track listing and how it was arranged. But looking back, I think the biggest problem actually was more the fact that they they saw the success of Sound of Silence, the cover that they did, yeah. that they did and they're like, let's do more ballads. That album was great. Oh, that Immortalized? Immortalized? Yeah. That album was great. That was a great return from those guys. It I was guarantee you that album aged well. I think it did. Yeah. I, I got to pull it up again, but, uh, the, yeah, I still remember like a lot of the songs from that, like the title track of the vengeful one, the vengeful one. Fuck, that was, that's a killer song. That was a great fucking that's the song. first song I ever heard of by disturbed. Really? Yeah. That was the first song because they went on hiatus, uh, after, uh, asylum in 2010, they came back with that song. That was the, that's a great way to return. It was such a good song. Like, yeah, I eventually found out down to the sickness. Of course. But no, like fucking Vengeful One. That was a great song. Exactly. Or that is yeah. a great song. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a fan-fucking-tastic song. And the, the rest of the album is also really good. Yeah, from what yeah. I remember, I was yeah. impressed with it. Oh yeah, it's not, I don't think it's the best Disturbed album, period, but holy shit, it's up there. No, that's I think. the sickness. The si yeah, the sickness or belief. Yeah, okay. I can, I can, yeah, I can, yeah. Okay, who else is coming out with something? Yes, uh, <laughs> they're included on here too. Um, Nickelback. Fuck off. I know. Seriously, yeah. They like they were to they. I I know what is going on with them because they've been getting heavier recently. I think. Seriously, because people really? get, people have been talking about them since like uh, Feed the Machine twenty seventeen, which that album's okay. I think. 
I'm not a big Nickelback guy, so I don't. I've know. I've never been into Nickelback, even because uh, my, my here here's my issue with, with bands <laughs> from Vancouver or BC in particular. <laughs> the great ones always break up. Mm. The good ones turn to shit. Mm-hmm. Then unleash the archers just when Junos. Yeah. <laughs> and then Spirit Box will eventually win one. Exactly. Yeah. But no, like. That's the issue. For me, BC, they have solid metal bands. Mm-hmm. It's just they break up. Yeah, I know. That, that's what sucks. Mm-hmm. Strapping Young Lad broke up. Devin Townsend Project, not together anymore. Three Inches of Blood, not together anymore. Like, that's three phenomenal bands from Vancouver that no longer tour. I know, it sucks. It does. Fuck, I would have loved to see Three Inches of Blood live. Mm-hmm. They would have been fun. Would've been so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh so that's like the rest of uh, November as so far is like kind of uh I don't know too much about a lot of these. Okay. I, these, okay. Actually, yeah. I just thought of this. What do you think of uh the Spirit Box EP that came out? Mm. Uh when was when was this? You didn't hear it? I don't think I did. Like uh it's three tracks. Yeah, I don't think I heard it because I heard the the full length album. But I know they released the EP afterwards, I think. But I'd never heard it. Yeah, no. It's actually... Here's my issue. It's a bit poppier. But yeah, it sounds really good. It's really good. Yeah. Well, Spirit Box is, is one of those metalcore bands that lean into the kind of pop sound. Uh, okay, but their, their name is really cool. It's a really cool name, it's actually. Really yeah, cool name. Spirit Box is a really cool name. It is a fucking really cool name. But no, um, the EP is actually really solid. It's three tracks. Really good songs. And the first one, you know... It, rotoscope mm-hmm. starts poppy goes metal but you know what i don't mind the fact that it starts poppy mm-hmm. it actually it's really solid the music video is a bit confusing but mm-hmm. you know it's actually really good it the, the new ep rotoscope by spirit box mm-hmm. is actually really solid all right i'll check it out yeah no i i definitely recommend it yeah i mean especially with spirit box that's a great uh band period they uh, they do lean into the pop influences a lot which i think is one of the main things that i actually kind of like about them because they do it really really well yeah i'm not like, a you don't pop notice fan. it yeah you don't really notice it yeah like you feel like this is something that could potentially play on mainstream radio but it because of the distorted guitars and the and the eventual growling and screaming they probably won't but i think it's it, the mixture works so fucking well yeah yeah they make it work so well yeah. so that's all i'm seeing really that's coming up uh December looks kind of empty, but that could be like we're still expecting a couple albums to get added in. But apparently there are a bunch of bands that are still working on material. Um, I know uh, in the last episode, I talked about very briefly on the new segment that Avenged Sevenfold just finished their uh, with the mixing of their album. They've just got to go to mastering now. Okay. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Avenged Sevenfold? I know you're not the biggest Avenged Sevenfold fan. What do you think of uh, the last album, at least? What was the last album? The Stage. 2016. I forget it. Really? I remember the stage mm-hmm. of the song. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of that? I thought it was good. I love the music video. I think the music video. The music good. video was really good. Yeah, the album uh, still tops my the list on that one. I, 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 it's just because I haven't listened to the album in so long. Mm-hmm. Like I see, for me, they confused me because they released it, then took it off of Spotify and re and re released it as a completely different album cover on Spotify. Really? Yeah. At one point, 
because it was black with the with that cosmic looking feel to it. Yeah, and they the, the the deluxe version also came out. I think that's the one you're talking about. That's white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then that's what came out on Spotify. But no, I think the stage is a great song. Hmm. Um. They didn't rip off Metallica in this album. I know. I was very happy about that. Yeah. That, that was great. Um. But no, it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I, I can I personally can't wait, mostly because there's been so much that people are scared of. <laughs> because, well, first of all, every event sevenfold album is a different album every single time. Like, like since like all the way back since Waking the Fallen, it's yeah. like been metalcore, then kind of uh, heavy prog power metal with City of Evil, which yeah. is a, still a fantastic album. Groove metal with the self titled Nightmare. I don't know what exactly that's called. I think it's kind of proggy, maybe. Uh, I eh. don't even remember Nightmare. Nightmare was good. Um, but then, of course, Hail to the King came out and kind of disappointed the Metallica masses. Metallica ripoff. Yeah, the Metallica ripoff. Hail exactly. to the King wasn't a horrible song. No, the uh, I, like the album, I, that's the thing. I don't mind Hail to the King. I still think I still think even if it's like maybe one of their worst albums, it's still like for Event Sevenfold. I think that's still a pretty high barred set. <laughs> for me personally, like the, like one of the first metal bands I got into. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, yeah, I, even I got to agree, like guys, you could do so much better than hells of the King. And they did. Yeah. So I, I personally can't wait, but also because like, there's so far, like people have been like the band members have been bragging of like, there's a 78 piece orchestra on the album that's coming out. Oh God. They're turning Rammstein. <laughs> they released an album this year too. Yeah! <laughs> I love Zeit. Oh, did yeah. We talk, did we actually fully discuss the new Rammstein album? I don't think we did. No, because I don't remember. I don't remember too much of it, to be honest. I loved it. Yeah. I thought there was more than one song. Mm. There's more than one or two songs off it that I can remember. There are multiple songs. It's a really solid album. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And plus, dick it ticking. Yeah. That music <laughs> video is so, so not girlfriend approved. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, she hasn't seen it yet. But I know if she sees it, she'll be like, what the are you watching? Yeah. I go softcore porn. Obviously. <laughs> like, obviously. 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 It, what what do you think I was watching? <laughs> like just a German band playing a music video? Like, exactly. Yeah, come on. It's it's Rammstein. You gotta go all the way, man. Rammstein. Rammstein. Rammstein from German. I'm pissed I didn't go to see them in Montreal. Oh man, yeah, they came in Montreal. Fuck. We talked about that one too. We like, did, yeah. Ago. That <sighs> would have been a great show. It would have been a great show. You know what? But Cecile Monique went to it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, She's going everywhere now. And it's like, what She's everywhere, fuck? yeah. I still haven't met her yet. I met her at the Lindsay Schoolcraft show uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. I know. Well, you, I, you you did an actual interview with her. I, I yes. haven't been able to get her on the show yet. I know. I, I, you know what? I haven't even messaged her in a while. I should talk to Cecile, see how she's doing. Mm-hmm. I do want to go to more shows, though. The last one I went to was Lutero uh, here in Hamilton. Oh my God, we went to that one together last year. No, we didn't actually. You couldn't go to this one. You went to you went to another one uh, where it's like it was a sh- no. Did you see Shot Down Twice, Dusk Walker? That was their album release show last year. Yeah, but they did another one. Oh, with who? Oh God, I'm trying to remember. It was a couple of thrash metal ba- one that you showed me. Actually. Invicta. Yeah, Invicta was oh, there. Oh, that show! You went to that one? Yeah, I went to that one. I mean, Lucky shit. Well, I mean, shit. I made, a, I made a podcast commercial for it, so yeah, I might as well fucking go. <laughs> Lucky bastard! I was working that night. I know. I asked if you wanted to go, and you were like, you, you were working. I was like, well, shit. All right, I might as well go. <laughs> yeah, shit. Lucky, smart man. Was it good? It was really good, I yeah. Bet. 
I bet it was. Yeah, I got to get in touch with Lutero and get him on the show because they went to Spain recently. Yes, they did. Yeah, I got to talk to him. Like, he's like, guys, like, I, I finally have a metal band to talk to that has gone out of the country for the first time for a show. Yeah. And uh, be able to talk to them. So, fuck yeah, I got to get him on the show again. Lutero, if you're listening, come on the show. I would yeah. love to talk to you again. Krista, Victor. Go talk to my boy Tom. He'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Invicta, they released a new song this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Forces of Annihilation, I believe. Mm. Such a good song. Such a good song. Amazing album. Amazing artwork. Mm-hmm. Amazing artwork and a killer song. My boys in Invicta are doing so well. I'm proud of my boy Kyle Adisi. Oh, yeah? Because he's been touring with Heathen. The, the thrash metal band. Yeah, yeah. Bigger thrash metal band. He's mm. been touring with them all over Europe as their guitarist. That's awesome. That is awesome. So it's like, it's cool to see him get to do that. He got to go home to the motherland, Portugal, and play in front of the Portuguese crowd, which will make any Portuguese Canadian proud. Exactly. To see him living his dream. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. No, it really is. And it's really remarkable. And I can't, I just can't wait to see Invicta's next album because I know, Mm -hmm. I've known since Halls of Extinction, this band is something special. And I know with this next release, it's going to be even more special. I can't wait for that myself. So that is uh, what we're looking at right now. So far, quarter four, as of the 4th of October. I yep. double check that. Um, so like so far, I there's a couple of stuff there. What, what, what do you think that you're most excited for thus far? I honestly forgot, forgot our, actually Devin Townsend's new album. Of course, Devin Townsend. Yes, we but can't wait. Besides that. that, I forgot already what the yeah. albums are. Yeah, so we, we got a lot of good stuff uh, from the past year. Again, Arch Enemy. Oh, we got we also got some bad stuff with Five Finger Death Punch. They're still making music. Somehow. Why? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't their drummer now a cop? I don't know. All I know is that like they, like they got into a lot of shit because of one of their, like, anti-mask videos from like back in 2020 the height of the pandemic oh great yeah not a good not a good look on the band but um one thing i will recommend if you haven't checked them out the halo effect is that the album or the or the band they're the band uh they released days of the lost this year around the same time as arch enemy they're melodic death metal um and i i you know, you know it's good when i'm i'm going on my phone to uh Exactly, yeah. Search it up. The Halo Effect? The Halo Effect. Days of the Lost. That is a really cool band name. It's a really cool band. A lot of them are like... Uh, the Galo Effect. Yeah, some of the members... The are, Halo Effect. There we go. Yeah. Ooh. Look yeah. at those guys. It's formed by uh, former members of In Flames, it looks like. It's surprisingly good. Don't judge it. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's melodic death metal. Yes. With screaming. Or, or mm-hmm. gutter rolls and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not good. I'm not going to be taken aback by something. It will be actual death metal. Yes. It's not going to be in flames like the current in flames and flames where no Fuck one, no. no one listens to them. No, these are former members of. And I, and I partly said no to my buddy going to see Megadeth because I didn't want to see in flames. Yeah. That's, that's actually a true story. Mm-hmm. I don't blame I, you. I told my buddy I don't want to go see Megadeth. Because, yeah. Well. Multiple reasons. One, I'm not a big Megadeth guy. No, really, really. fucking hate Dave's vocals. Mm-hmm. To take nothing away from Megadeth, the the guitarists are great. Like oh everything, my God. Else, if they were instrumental, yeah. I would love them more. Holy shit! I, yes. Okay, there's one song I like by Megadeth, but that's only because that is the only song I humanly believe Dave's vocals really work with. Which and one's that's that? Sweating Bullets. Mm-hmm. Sweating Bullets, because it's the only one that sounds like a deranged lunatic, <laughs> and it works with Dave's vocals. 
Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that's a look at uh, quarter four. We're seeing a lot of great stuff coming up and uh, hopefully we'll see some more stuff before the end of the year. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've got uh, the radio show is coming back uh, in a couple weeks. Are you excited for that? What do you mean? What? The radio show. You, you, you were literally promoting this earlier in the show, man. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he's, he's I got lost. distracted by the thing. Um, <laughs> so Thrasher's Paradise is live every Tuesday night from 9 to midnight on Indie 115. Uh, this week's show is a pre-release show. I I don't really feel like doing a show tonight, so I'm just getting someone to do a like a previous one because I actually kind of just want to stay home and spend time with my girl. Oh. Um, next week, there is no show. They are doing renovations in the studio. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then on the 18th, we are back live with Eaten by Sharks from St. Catharines. We're going to catch up, talk, have a great time, do some shit. And you know what? Just try not to get kicked off the air. Exactly. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it. And you're doing this live, too. Are you excited for that? Oh, yeah. It's, we've been w- live for a while now. True, actually. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm only, re- I'm mostly remembering like from the last time I was on, we had to do pre-recorded because yeah. I could not stop swearing. Yeah. So Tom. Yes. When are you coming into studio? I hopefully will soon. I know, uh, uh, Sean has asked me as well to come on his show, uh, for the Reverend radio show when he comes back. Well, you always have a spot on Thrasher's Paradise every Tuesday night to nine to midnight. If you can only stay for an hour, that's totally fine. Just come on by, come sit, talk for a bit, and then we'll kick you out. All right, I'll be down. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, Colin, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Anytime. That was Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise. Go check out his radio show, check out the YouTube channel, and all that stuff that you'll find linked down in the podcast description. We actually talk about this after the recording, but at some point, we've got to start doing the podcast together at some point, or even merge our brands into one massive force to be reckoned with within metal media. Dare I say, enough to rival Banger TV? Mmm, speculation, speculation. (laughs) But in all seriousness, go check out everything he's done. I'll try to get him back on the show towards the end of the month as well for a special Halloween segment. But in the meantime, I want to hear from you. What albums are you most looking forward to in these final three months of 2022? Anything we missed? Let me know at The Metal Robot on Twitter and Facebook and at The Dot Metal Robot on Instagram. Would love to hear from you. Use the hashtag Metal Robot Podcast or MRP Quarter 4 so that I can find you. Here's to another three months of the year and let's hope they don't suck. Okay, we're going to wrap things up now for the final encore. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. We begin the reign of fire, but before we send you home to your daily lives, let's look forward to the next episode. Blood of Indigo returns to continue our epic journey through the most epic symphonic death metal album of 2022, plus a special Halloween segment you don't want to miss. All of this and more next week. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything Metal Robot on TheMetalRobot.com. 
Sterling.com for videos, podcasts, press, and so much more. Special thanks to Colin Sterling for coming down to the studio. Thanks to Blood of Indigo for joining us on the show. And of course, to our co-producer, Anna, for starting the reign of fire in the first place. Enemies be forewarned, don't mess with the fire. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Thank you.